but it also gives them a bit of control and autonomy over what we do with their skin so that they can see progress. If I take pictures of their skin and then do some needling and then six weeks later we take another picture, they can really see how it's working, yeah, right. um, if what I'm saying is accurate mm-hmm. um, and it also gives them a sense of understanding of how the treatment is making changes to their skin. podcast that's not afraid to admit we only recently learned what a photofacial actually is. The world of skincare can be a little overwhelming. There are a lot of opinions out there and terminology that at this point can be scary to admit you don't understand. So this week I've got our dermal clinician Sophia in to walk us through what the best starter treatments for newbies are, what a complimentary initial consult looks like and how small changes to your at-home skincare routine can actually make the world of difference. Welcome Sophia, thanks for joining us. Thank you, hello, hello. Um, So today I just wanted to get you in, I know dermal treatments can seem a little intimidating for people who don't have any experience in it, I think like the the names of them can seem like a little intense even if they aren't necessarily. Yes. And I think there's kind of people on that spectrum or then there's people who've just like heard of a facial but have no idea what it is. Um, And that's kind of the whole scope of understanding. Um, So to kind of demystify, just thought if we we went through our initial consult process and, you know, like what good assessments, uh, what good treatments are for people to get started on, what to build up to, um, just kind of get rid of the cloud of – Scary words, I guess. Yeah, right. Um, so what's the structure of an initial consult at Remedy Spa? Well, f- first and foremost, fortunately for the patients, we do offer free initial consults. So a lot of the time when I'm having a chat with a patient who I've seen for post-operative treatment, they will bring up a few skin concerns um, for which I I recommend a skin consultation. They're pretty easygoing. Uh, I'll ask the patient why they've arrived. We'll talk about their main concerns. We will then look at perhaps why those concerns have occurred um, and if there are ways for us to, say, control or or maintain healthy skin. And that Mm -hmm. can look different for many different patients. Sometimes it's as simple as recommending skincare and sometimes um, we like to introduce treatments. Usually it's both. Yeah. Are there any kind of common concerns people come with? Um, So, yes, definitely especially after summer. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of pigment. Um, A lot of people talk to me about fine lines or collagen, so a lack of um, robustness in the skin or a lack of elasticity. Um, So many times they come in with the idea of the type of treatments they'd like to try. And, of course, some treatments that are exactly the same are called different things at different clinics. Mm -hmm. Um, So they might come to me with the idea of wanting to try a microdermabrasion. Of course, here we call it a dermosweep. So it's just a matter of, as you said, demystifying the treatments, Mm -hmm. what's involved, um, and then making the patient feel a little bit more comfortable about um, treating their skin or trying something that might sound a little bit intimidating. Yeah, yeah, of course. When you say like skincare, so is Mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, maybe people aren't, washing their face with the right product for their skin or yeah. yeah so traditionally I think a lot of people associate a good skin clean with like a foaming cleanser or something that's quite um maybe abrasive like a the um <laughs> the Saint Eve's apricot scrub yeah, yeah, um which you know is a classic um 
and they'll uh, seek something like that because they like that feeling yeah, of it right. being squeaky clean. Um, but then they're telling me perhaps that their skin's a little dry or reactive or red. Mm-hmm. And so a few red flags for me, you know, obviously their skin needs something that is gentle, that's um, – uh, perhaps uh, less soapy, yeah. um, perhaps a little bit more fat-based, which, you know, uh, allows me to brainstorm about what might be better for them. So we're looking at things that are a little bit more hydrating and calming. Yeah, right. Okay, that's so interesting. Um, so when people come in and, you know, you do the skin assessment, obviously they're giving you um, background information and answers. Is that how you kind of do the assessment? Is it with just general experience and, like, the information they provide or is there more to it? Yeah, there's sometimes there's a structure. I mean, I've done so many skin cults in my time. <laughs> skin cults. I've done so many skin consults in my time now yeah. that um the structure's kind of it, it comes naturally to me. Yeah. It's just more about going through the main um uh, kind of causes or triggers of mm-hmm. certain skin concerns or certain skin conditions, yeah, but right. also just getting an idea of the patient's general health, how they treat their skin, um, you know, how frequently are they in the sun? Mm-hmm. Do they are they exposed to um you know, environmental factors that could damage the skin. So we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, like smoking or drinking. Um, What's their diet like? So I I generally go, I start with what their concerns are, then we look Mm -hmm. at a a background of how that may have occurred. Um, And then we sometimes we'll incorporate the observe which is a photographic machine Mm -hmm. um, that looks at the skin from different angles and with different lights and it gives us a real in-depth understanding of what's going on on the surface and below the surface yeah right Um, so we can see things like pigmentation and um, skin damage and redness and that way the consultation isn't only about me telling the patient what is wrong with their skin so to speak but it's also giving them an understanding of um, what we have to treat um, or how we are able to mend their concern or address their concern yeah right 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 so do you think you need the observe for every consult or is it just kind of if they really need it with our consultations, we do have, say, like a traditional dermal consultation, just really having um, a chat with the patient about the concerns. But then if there are certain concerns that I feel we might be able to better address or understand with the Observe, I recommend the Observe consult. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a patient really ha- – because I can look at the skin just through experience and with a Maggie lamp and with a blue light and understand what's going on beneath the surface just because I've seen so much skin in my time. Yeah. But – the patient doesn't know and they don't know if what I'm saying is true or they don't know if what I'm saying is just based on, um, you know, my desire to sell them a treatment. That happens so much in industry. So the observe gives them, um, allows them kind of trust in what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. but it also gives them a bit of control and autonomy over what we do with their skin so that they can see progress. If I take pictures of their skin and then do some needling and then six weeks later we take another picture, they can really see how it's working, um, if what I'm saying is accurate, Mm -hmm. um, and it also gives them a sense of understanding of how the treatment is making changes to their skin. So that's why I think the Observe is a really useful tool. Mm -hmm. I know obviously like it would depend on the skin consult, you know, A, what people want to do, what yeah. you think is good for their skin, but are there any kind of common starter treatments for, you know, for all those people who are still using like the apricot scrub and are coming in raw and fresh and they just um, maybe don't have the like the skin resistance or whatever yeah. um, to kind of go straight to the top end? Are there any starter ones you recommend? I suppose we'd have to assess their skin type um, 
to really decide which treatments are best for them or really what would help uh, address their concerns. Mm-hmm. When we say skin type, I'm not talking about the um, you know their skin colour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking more about their skin condition, the condition of their skin, the health and balance of their skin. Mm-hmm. So we're really looking at things like their oil production. So is their skin dry? Um, is it is their oil production balanced? We're looking at their their resistance or their reactivity. Are they sensitive skin type? Do they are they more prone to acne or they're more prone to redness or mm-hmm. you know capillaries? in areas that, say, a normal resistance skin may not have. Um, Do they have a predisposition to produce pigment when exposed to um, sun? Mm -hmm. So we look at these things and um, to gain an understanding of what is safe and how we can safely treat the patient. Because if, let's say, their skin's healthy but they have um, a few fine lines but they're really prone to hyperpigmentation, Mm -hmm. I may not treat them with the IPL. I may treat them with... A, um, a more shallow level of needling just to safely treat them and assure that we're not making matters worse rather than improving them. Yeah. Um, so in short, common starter treatments, if a patient is brand new, mm-hmm. if they're a, a new skin enthusiast, if you will, um, and they want to try something fresh and new, usually, again, they come in with an idea of what they might like to try, but sometimes it's not right for them. Mm-hmm. So um, I start things off with what we call a bespoke facial. It's called bespoke because um, I change it depending on what the patient needs. But it's really at its core hydrating and nourishing. Mm -hmm. So I might incorporate a really light peel. I might incorporate, um, you know, a granular exfoliation or an LED. Mm -hmm. I just, I like it to be general in a sense that it's not, too invasive or intense but it's a good way for the patient to understand our process here um, and what they can expect in the future Uh, but also it gives me a solid understanding of what their skin needs. I'll do a thorough consult with their first treatment I will start with a bespoke facial um, and then I will have a solid understanding of their skin and Mm -hmm. what I can do in the future to improve any concerns. Yeah is there anything that you recommend people do to prepare for a skin treatment? Depends on the intensity of the treatment. In the treatment of pigmentation, a lot of the time we have to prepare the skin with a a tyrosinase inhibitor, uh, which is a pigment blocker. So if someone comes in wanting me to treat their pigment, say with laser or needling, Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that in the treatment of their pigment, I'm not going to produce more of it. Yeah, right. So much of the time, so frequently, pigment is produced by inflammation. Right. It's called... um, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. Mm -hmm. So in order to avoid that, um, the skin needs some preparation. Mm -hmm. So a a pigment blocker, ours is called Remove. Um, So it's like a depigmentation cream is what it's called, but really it slows down the production of pigment. Oh, okay. So I put them on that for maybe like between two to six weeks, depending on how prepped their skin is. Mm -hmm. it's really my job to prep their skin as well. So that's yeah. why sometimes if they come in wanting something like needling or resurfix laser on their face um, and their skin is looking a little sensitised, I might mm-hmm. say, let's start with two or three facials. Let's mm-hmm. hydrate your skin. Let's build your barrier. Let's balance it out. And that's their prep. Yeah, and then okay. we can start something more invasive once your skin is at um, a, a healthy level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, are there any big no-nos uh, before or after a treatment? Definitely. Um, with anything laser-based, we like um, no sun exposure for at least two days. Well, that's direct sun exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places will say no sun exposure for two weeks. I know that's unrealistic, but what they mean by that is wear a hat, be in the shade and wear your SPF. Yeah. That way you may be 
out in the sunshine, but your skin is not being affected by UV radiation. Mm-hmm. Um, using protective skincare after a treatment is important just to maintain the results of your treatment, mm-hmm. but also to assure that you're not causing damage whilst your skin is quite vulnerable because a lot of the time what we're doing in our skin treatments aside from, say, the standard um, hydrating facial is where we're stripping back a few layers, like with the yeah. peel, with laser, with the resurfex, with anything exfoliative, we're stripping back a few layers and the skin can be vulnerable to damage. Mm-hmm. So using protective skincare and protective measures like the ones we mentioned, using a hat or being in the shade, um, is really going to help accelerate results but also avoid damage post-treatment. Because yeah. I even um, – it's like I had a derma sweep here. Yeah. Um, and then I, like, didn't wash my face afterwards because I it was like, oh, it's already – had a lot today yeah. um but i even put on like what i thought was a very very neutral kind of moisturizer from my clinic mm-hmm. and it my, my face was and i didn't feel tingly after the treatment but yeah. felt like very tingly in the bits that were like a bit red and i was like oh yeah almost a bit stingy right yeah yes. and i was like well, i just wash that off because like it might you know it's like do i need really should i be using kind of like the qvc like basic 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 moisturizer instead of anything where I'm like oh I don't really know what's in that I just thought it was fine yes I could feel the tingles and I was like (laughs) yeah so even the um, products that aren't active inverted Mm -hmm. commas can sometimes cause those sorts of um, sensations in the skin after a treatment and it's simply because we have uh, stripped the skin back yeah yeah. Um, and as well as the literal skin cells having been removed your the ph of your skin's affected after a treatment as well and so it needs a minute to restore yeah and that's why i put on like a after pretty much every treatment i put on like a rescue balm which is a mask and i just tell patients leave that on like don't do anything tonight yeah taking care of just go to sleep in the morning depending on how your skin feels you can start your skincare regimen and i'll Mm. usually give them specific things they can use yeah Um, but that's also why it's so important to protect your skin after treatment Yeah, yeah yeah nice um what are kind of common hesitancies people have with skin treatment like i tend to notice even people come through here and they'll be like oh a peel because i think a peel sounds like they're gonna like have all their skin peeled (laughs) off and so they think they're gonna be like bright red and they're like oh god i can't do that um so is other things like that that people would tend to get a bit hesitant about um with younger people absolutely not Mm -hmm. with and when I say younger, I mean like anywhere between 21 and, you know, 20, 28, 29. Mm-hmm. The, the youth will come in all guns blazing, super excited about trying treatments that are um, results-based and mm-hmm. as intense as possible. Um, so they're definitely not frightened by terms like, you know, needling or peels yeah. or resurfacing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time... Um, people that are used to having treatments that are traditionally hydrating or calming mm-hmm. will hear things like that and think they're quite intense. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, my job to educate them, make them feel more comfortable about what what might benefit them. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to um, recommend appeal to someone who doesn't need it. Yeah. Um, but if they do need it and I think they'll benefit from it, I'll absolutely talk about what the peel does, the fact that not all peels will make you feel like a snake. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to stay out of the sun for, for two weeks and yeah. you're not going to have to take two weeks off work just to recover. Um, so, yeah, it's about education and making the patient feel most comfy with trying the treatments that I think will benefit them. Yeah. What treatments are good for – I know earlier you mentioned different skin types. So mm-hmm. which – treatments kind of best for different skin types so if we're looking at the main concerns that patients come to me with i might say um dry sensitive pigment and um, collagen or lines Mm -hmm. right so if i was thinking about introductory treatments or 
uh, treatments that patients might like to try when they're first starting their skin journey. Um, with the dry or dehydrated skin types, um, I might recommend something like a Derma Sweep. The similar, the one that you tried last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved it. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Amazing. Um, it's something that's minimally invasive. And we're also getting an idea of how resistant the skin is because I am exfoliating and I'm using um, a treatment that's fairly superficial but is creating that inflammatory reaction. Mm-hmm. So if it was someone that were quite um, reactive and their skin was very red afterwards, I may not go um, – I may not progress to something more intense afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, with a skin that's quite resistant, if we're looking at sensitive versus resistant skin, mm-hmm. um, I could try a peel from the get-go. I yeah. wouldn't try anything that's advanced. I might try an entry-level peel, um, depending on what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, for things like um, lines, wrinkles, or you know, premature aging, I love to incorporate LED into a treatment like that. Yeah, great. Because no matter what kind of reaction they're having, I'm able to um, enhance healing process and reduce any of the um, effects their skin might encounter post-treatment. How about pigment? Pigmentation's a, a great one to treat because mm-hmm. pretty much everything um, within my arsenal in the clinic can treat pigmented skin. Yeah, okay. So I might start with something as simple as a really light peel, um, and then progress to laser and then combine that with something like needling. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the best treatments that – a lot of the best results that I see um, for pigmentation are combination treatments. Yeah, right. So um, there's a facial on the list called a photofacial, which is always really um, – which always makes patients quite curious. Mm-hmm. Um, a photofacial is basically using light to treat the skin. Oh, okay. In our case, it's using a peel to resurface mm-hmm. the skin and then directly after using laser to treat um, oh. localised uh, pigmentation. Oh. Right, so I and I feels l- like something I should know, but that's good. Well, <laughs> well, you do. Yeah. I love a photofacial. Yeah, it yeah, sounds okay. intense. I yeah. peel my skin, then laser it. Oh my gosh! But mm. you know, when um, we use the right parameters, uh, it actually can yield really great results. Yeah, yeah. So we do a lot of LED here. Obviously, it's a part of our um, post-op package because yes. it does promote healing but we also use it it's an add-on to like any of our facials and you know and it comes very much as a solo treatment that I think people love yes how exactly does it work like I notice there's different lights that go on do they do different things what's the kind of process behind it great question so with LED treatment we have various facials some are safe for the bespoke facial Mm -hmm. there's a bespoke and then bespoke plus led a lot of the time i'm asked what the difference is it just depends what the skin needs with the different colored lights our specific machine has um, yellow blue red and infrared Mm -hmm. so with yellow for example it's a a shallow wavelength that's really great for redness so if someone's sensitive and prone to redness i'll use that after a facial Mm -hmm. with someone who talks to me specifically about anti-aging treatments or wanting to boost collagen production the red light goes a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and that's fantastic for what's called fibroblast stimulation so the fibroblast is basically the cell that produces or stimulates collagen production Mm -hmm. so i'll blast that at the end of a facial um and then there's infrared and that's the deepest wavelength and that's Mm -hmm. fantastic for healing so um if someone's uh, uh, most certainly after any invasive treatment like the resurfex or the needling Mm -hmm. i'll pop the red and the infrared on and that gives a real um deep healing oh okay post-op treatment yeah um but it also reduces downtime okay 
Yeah. What about blue? Blue is amazing for acneic skin. Oh, okay. So the blue light actually um, is antibacterial. Mm -hmm. So even with patients who come into the Medispa post-operatively might have um, a few areas where there may be a stitch protruding or they may have sometimes and is common post-op there might be a little infection in certain areas mm-hmm. we blast the blue light and um, after about three or four sessions everything has eased so much it's anti-inflammatory oh, the infection amazing. goes down and it's the same with acneic skin yeah so it's highly anti-inflammatory a lot of the time we reduce the the size of the pustules but also the the production of pus is reduced mm-hmm. and treated what's your favorite treatment I'm pretty traditional with my my treatment preferences. Mm. Um, I like firmly believe in the benefits of like rest and relaxation as part of any treatment. Yeah. So with the bespoke plus LED, which is my favorite, mm-hmm. um, I make sure there are candles lit, and this all this all for me contributes to the therapeutic benefits of a facial there are candles lit there's music on um i incorporate heaps of massage into the facial and i feel like that gives patients a real sense of being cared for and being um nurtured almost Mm -hmm. in that environment and that contributes to the effects that it has on their skin yeah and so when they say their skin's glowing I, i feel like it's not only because of the um topical you know it's not only because of the treatment and what we're putting on afterwards. It's also because they're so relaxed and oh rejuvenated. God, for sure, you float out of that room. Right. It's honestly, it's like I've never known happiness. I feel like the first like facial I had with you, I like messaged everybody I knew and loved and was like, <laughs> you have to come here. This is the best thing that's ever happened. And like I, I agree. I think it's like that whole experience yes. as one. But it does. It's like I thought I was walking on clouds for like weeks. Amazing. Great. Yeah. And that's that's the feed and like thank goodness that's the feedback I get from most patients. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm going for. Just, it's like a whole sense of restoration and rejuvenation. If you liked this episode of Keeping It Real, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, why don't you have a flick through our past episodes? We'd love to hear your requests for future topics. So send your suggestions through to us on IG at Replastic Surgery. That's all for today and we'll catch you next time for another peek into the world of plastic surgery.